0: chapter 9, verse number 15. The Bible says there, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. I want to look at some of the times in the Bible tonight that God talks about the gift of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful this evening, Lord, that We can say that we love you. We're thankful, God, for salvation. We're thankful, God, for that gift. You said in in the book of Romans that if a person is not saved, that they won't receive that gift. God, we want you to give a gift to somebody tonight that needs it. I don't know people's hearts tonight. I have no idea where people stand with you. But, God, I just pray tonight that uh, you've extended that gift. And what we have to do is just reach out and receive that gift unto ourselves. We pray that would happen tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Now in Romans 6, 23, the Bible says there, Romans six twenty-three. for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, there's that word gift again, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And then Luke chapter two and verse seven, the Bible says she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, this time of the year, we often think back to when the three wise men uh, went to see baby Jesus. And according to the book of Matthew, it presented him three gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These are simple words, but if we analyze them carefully, we discover an important yet overlooked theological fact. In this account, there was no mention of wrapping paper. Just think about that. Christmas without wrapping paper. Some of you later would say, Oh, can't have Christmas without wrapping paper. I kind of like these bags you buy today and you stick the gift in that bag and uh, then you go on about your business and, and uh, you may get a funny look when somebody receives a present, but that's all right. Uh, sometimes th- we need to, to just pass those looks on and don't worry about it. But if there had been wrapping paper, Matthew would have said something like this. And lo, the gifts were encompassed about with seven square cubits of paper. And the paper was covered within and without with pictures of Frosty, a man comprised of snow. And Joseph uh, purposed in his heart to cast the paper into the barrel of trash. But Mary said unto him, Cease, man. Drop the decorative parchment. It should be set aside for future generations. <laughs> and Joseph rolled his eyes. And it came past that the babies were more interested in the paper than in the frankincense. Now, of course, you know that those words did not appear in the Bible and will never appear in the Bible, at least not the King James Bible, which means that the first Christmas gifts were not wrapped. Yeah. This is because of two, two things. Number one, these men were wise. And number two, these men were men. Okay, so they didn't want to wrap the gifts. Men are not big gift wrappers. Men don't understand the point of putting paper on a gift just so somebody can tear it off. Uh, When we get with my grandchildren and great-grandchildren, now they're the little ones, now the great-grandchildren. I've got 14 of them. And uh, we had one daughter. She had five kids, and now I've got 14 great-grandkids. I'm kind of like Abraham and Sarah, you know. But it amazes me. You could wrap that gift, put a little pretty bow on it, and what do they do? Do you think they take that bow off carefully? No. They just rip that paper off and rip the bow off. And tear the box up if they can to get whatever it is that gift is, they wanna see what it is and get it out. My dad said this, only time you ever wrapped a gift is if it was a poor gift that I didn't want to be there when the person opened it. <laughs> so that's me. No one ever asked me which gifts I wrapped. You can tell they look like a big spitball. Like I said, it could be a little present, but the, the, I just can't wrap nothing. I tell you, I cannot get the corners to come together. You men laugh, but you're just like me. I know. Now, you women, wrapping gifts is kind of like having babies. It's for women. (laughs) It's not for men, all right? So we need to get that down tonight, Uh, first of all. I never completely wrap a present, I can take it the size of a deck of cards, put it in the exact center of a section of wrapping paper the size of a regulation of a volleyball court. When I'm done folding and taping, you'll still see part of the gift peeking out. <laughs> That's the way I am when I wrap a gift. On the other hand, if you give women a 12-inch square wrapping paper, she can take that and wrap a C-130 cargo plane. <laughs> My mother was like that. She, lo- she loved to wrap things. I mean, if you bought a present for anybody, she'd be glad to wrap it for you. As a matter of fact, if your gift required batteries, she'd wrap the batteries by themselves, which to me is bordering on mental illness. But my, my point is that gift wrapping is one of those skills having like having babies come more naturally to women than to men. Now, just some gift wrapping tips for you men, in case you haven't got your Christmas presents bought for your wife yet. If you haven't, you're in big trouble. Whenever possible, buy gifts are already wrapped. Amen. Okay, buy them already wrapped. I don't know whether stores do that much anymore, but I can remember a few years ago, they had a wrapping department. Yep. You could buy your gift, and for a certain amount of money, you'd go have that gift wrapped and take it to your wife, and she'd just smile. Oh, you this is a good job. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good wrapper. Wrapper, uh, uh, that, that don't sound good, does it, wrapper? <laughs> <laughs> the wife asked her husband, why is there a hefty trash bag under the tree? The husband says, it's a gift. See, it has a bow on it. The wife says, peering into the trash bag, it's a leaf blower. The husband says, gas powered, five horsepower. The wife says, thanks a lot. The husband says, actually, I'm God's gift to you. Your wife says, I don't think God does gag gifts. <laughs> man doesn't know much about wrapping, but man has learned all that he knows about giving from God. God is the gi- in the giving business. God gave Adam and Eve a piece of skin from an innocent animal to replace the fig leaves and cover their shame of nakedness. God gave Noah a plan for the ark that would provide for the saving of his household when judgment came. God gave Abraham a promise concerning his seed. It would be as the sands of the sea, as the dust of the ground, as the stars of the sky. God gave Sarah a precious miracle child in her old age as she named him Isaac. God gave Isaac the promised ram to take his place on the sacrifice altar on Mount Moriah as Abraham raised the dagger up to take his life. God gave Jacob twelve sons who were destined to become Heads of the 12 tribes of Israel, the people of the Lord. God gave Joseph a position as prime minister in Egypt that he might rescue his own family from the sore famine in the days ahead. God gave Moses the power to work miracles before Pharaoh. God gave the Israelites possession of the land flowing with milk and honey. God gave kings to preside over their chosen people. God gave prophets to plead with his people and tell them of amazing things to come. God gave the scriptures to prophesy of a Messiah who would come to deliver and save. God gave the shepherds a pronouncement by the angels that Jesus was born. God gave the wise men a start to lead them to the young child with their gifts. God gave Joseph the patience to understand the strange circumstances of a virgin he was to marry that she was with child. God God gave the world the Prince of Peace. God gave Jesus the place of sinners on the cross to bear the sorrow and shame. And Jesus gave His life for sinners. God offers to give all men the pardon for their sins, that they might know the joy of everlasting life. Surely God is a great giver. Mankind can learn a lot about giving from Him. John tells us in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then in James 1.17, James states this, he says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights. Jesus told the woman at the well in John 4 and verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Paul states in Romans 8.32, He that spared not his own Son, shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Later, he stated to Timothy in First Timothy 4:14, 4, he said, "Neglect not the gift that is in thee," and then he said, "Stir up the gift which is in thee." In Second Timothy 1 and verse number six, to the Ephesian church, he said. In Ephesians two and verse eight, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Second Corinthians nine fifteen he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Amen. It's obvious that Jesus is the greatest gifter gift gift giver that there's ever been. Amen. Let's unwrap the gift to find out what God has for us. God wrapped up his gift in Old Testament mystery. If you go to the Old Testament, Jesus can be found in each and every book. In the Old Testament, He's found everywhere you begin to consider the the types, the shadows, the pictures, and the symbols. And they all represent Jesus Christ. You can find him in the sacrifice of the animals. You can find him in the metals of the tabernacle. You can find him in the colors of the garments and a thousand other places, but you need to unwrap him by meditation and study. He is the seed spoken of in Genesis 3.15. His heel shall bruise the head of the serpent, the Bible says. He's the shallow mentioned in Genesis 49.10 who would come and gather the people to him. He's the scepter spoken of in Numbers 40, 24, 17, to rise out of Jacob and smite the corners of Moab. He's the prophet of Deuteronomy 18, 15, to be raised up out of the midst of the brethren, to be hearkened unto. He is the one conceived by a virgin, according to Isaiah 7, 14. The Emmanuel of Isaiah 9, 6, that shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This morning down at Mount Eric Church, I preached on the Everlasting Father. You know, we don't have any fathers here tonight. We've got good men here tonight. And good fathers, I'm sure, but no everlasting fathers. Amen. He's the only everlasting father that there's ever been. And then not only is he the everlasting father, but he's called the Prince of Peace. He is the Messiah that shall come forth, only be cut off, according to Daniel 9 and verse 26. He's the ruler in Israel to be born in Bethlehem of Judea, according to Micah the prophet, in chapter 5 and verse 2. He can be found everywhere if we only take time to unwrap the gift. Secondly, Mary wrapped up God's gift in the manger. The Bible says she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Now that sounds kind of strange for clothes for a king, doesn't it? But swaddling were nothing but rags. I mean, just something she probably found there in the manger or maybe something she had carried with her uh, knowing that she was going to have this baby. And she wanted something to wrap the child in. And these are precious words. They can be best felt by a mother, best felt what Mary felt. But there's more wrapped up in the swaddling clothes than just a little baby. First wrapped up in this little baby's, is a fulfillment of all the Old Testament. Every truth, every teaching, every type concealed in the Old Testament is being held in the arms of Mary. I I thought, I heard a song the uh, the other day when she kissed the face of uh, Jesus, she kissed the face of God. I thought, isn't that something? To understand the story of Moses, smiting the rock, the brass serpent on the pole, the man in the wilderness, Jonah and the whale, or to get any sense from the Psalms of David or the Proverbs of Solomon, you have to watch closely what happens to this little baby. Secondly, wrap up this little baby is the fullness of Almighty God. The God who created the heaven and the earth, the God who divided the Red Sea, the God who appeared in the burning bush, the God who delivered Daniel from the lion's den and three Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace is sleeping in the arms of Mary, wrapped in swaddling clothes. John explains in, in the book of John that the words were made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Amen. And then Paul declares in Colossians 2 and verse 9, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in John ten thirty. He said himself, I and the Father are one. A lot of people don't believe that at all, Amen. that Jesus and God are one. Jesus is God in the flesh, and you better believe that or you'll never be saved. Amen. Thirdly, wrap up in this little baby, is the future of all who would believe. The destiny of all men rests in their attitude and relationship to this little baby. Amen. He has come to be their Savior, else their judge. Yep. What you think about that? Is he your Savior tonight? Is he your, going to be your judge? One of the two. He's a, his only little baby in Mary's arm, but he will soon confound the doctors in the temple. He'll be introduced and baptized by John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. He will work miracles and call disciples. He will die on a cross, be buried in a borrowed tomb, be resurrected the third day. He will ascend to the Father, become our intercessor. I'm glad to have an intercessor. An advocate. I'm glad for that advocate. A mediator. Thank God for that mediator. And also the great high priest. Thirdly, Satan wraps up God's gift in ignorance. Man will never know what is wrapped up in the gift as Satan has his way. First, Satan has bonded the minds of men to the true value of the gift. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, In whom the God of this world... I'm getting ahead of them, aren't I? Second Corinthians 4.4 says, In whom the God of this world hath bonded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Are you blinded tonight? Do you see who Jesus really is? Amen. Yes, He was born as a babe in the manger. That's part of it, but He didn't stay that babe in the manger. Amen. Bible says He began to grow. Bible says He began to become an adult. He was a teenager at one time. Uh, <laughs> that's hard for me to believe, but He was. And He began to grow. He became an adult, and He knew what He came to this earth for—to die upon the cross for you and for me. Amen. So He's not only a little baby in Mary's arms, but He will soon be somebody that goes to the temple and confounds the doctors there. He was introduced and baptized by John the Baptist. He will work miracles and call disciples. He will die on a cross, be buried in a borrowed tomb, be resurrected the third day. He will ascend to the Father to become our intercessor, advocate mediator, and great high priest. Man will never know what is wrapped up in the gift as Satan has his way because he's blinded the minds of the unbelievers here in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 4. To the natural eye, God's gift looks just like any other gift. If you and I looked at that baby, it would not have been a halo around his head. Okay? wouldn't have been that way. I know what the, I know what the artists like to portray. Uh, there he, here he lays, a little Christ child, you know, angels above him and a little halo over his head. He looked much like any other baby that's here tonight. Just a little baby. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. The spiritual eye can see through the devil's wrapping. And see that Christ is more than a great teacher and reformer. We can see, you and I can see, if we're saved tonight, we can see that he is the Son of God. And we have no doubt about it. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what the Congress says or the Senate says or the President says or the Pope says. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Not will be, but is the Son of God. Secondly, Satan has bound men in tradition and religious customs. Thousands who have realized that this modernistic social gospel has no hope of heaven are still tied to it by fear to step out and stand. I wonder how many people that are following Catholicism and Mormonism and all the other isms that there is out there, I wonder if they really know what their destiny is going to be. Without Jesus, their destiny is hell for eternity. If they die in that lost condition in a blink of an eye in the twinkle of an eye they'll leave this world and wake up in hell so realize that the modernist social gospel has no hope of heaven and don't be tied to it scores have accepted the religion handed down to them by their ancestors and they proceed through meaningless formalities and never unwrap the gift i don't know what how you were raised i know how i was raised and there were some things that i've changed since i've been preaching and studying the word of god some of the thoughts I've had and things that I believe I've changed. But I just, I just can't accept things are handed down. I want to study it out. Are, I want to look at the Word of God and study the Word of God and see what God has to say about it. Right, right. What did God say about eternity? What does the word eternity mean? What is eternal life? What is everlasting life? It's a life that goes on and on and on and on and on. No, no end to it. Right. And I that little not mind can't understand that. But that's what the Bible says, what the Bible teaches. Thirdly, Satan has built up barriers to Christ by sin and confusion. The more sin and rebellion in the life, the harder it is to repent. That's why you need to get saved tonight. Don't add sin upon sin upon sin upon sin. Get saved tonight. Young person, get saved while you're young. Get saved while you're young. Stop all that stupidity that you're going to experience later on. Be sure you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Evil habits and social sins tighten their grip on a person, and the obstacles between man and Christ get bigger each and every day. Satan is wrapping up God's gift to keep poor sinners from knowing the love of God. Number four, the Holy Spirit unwraps God's gift for all who believe. Jesus promised that when He went back to the Father, He would send one to teach and reveal the truth to all. The Blessed Spirit of God has come to unwrap the gift and help us understand. God's gift was unwrapped for the shepherds to see. He was unwrapped for the wise men to meet and present their gifts to. He was unwrapped for Anna and Simeon to behold. He was unwrapped to John the Baptist by the sending dove in order they might introduce him publicly. He was unwrapped by the disciples by his miracle working so that they might believe. He was unwrapped but to Mary Magdalene at the tomb and after talking to a stranger, she suddenly said, Rabboni. He was unwrapped for Thomas to see the prince of his hands and feet and he who did not believe cried out, my Lord and my God. The same Holy Spirit will unwrap him to any sincere heart and show plainly that he is God's gift to you and to me. Praise God for the unspeakable gift of God tonight, Amen. and thank God after we've received the gift of eternal life. The gifts, gifts, the gifts keep coming on. He gives to us life more abundant. We all should unwrap all of God's gifts. When you share your testimony, you're unwrapping the gift for someone else. When you volunteer to serve in the church, when you invite somebody to the church, when you pray with a friend, when you make a spiritual decision or commitment, uh. It's, If you bite your tongue, that's not unwrapping the gift. But when you do something for the Lord, that's unwrapping the gift that God has given you to unwrap. What we are in God's gift to us is what we become in our gift back to God. Many others see the gift in us, watch it unfold before their eyes. Then they share the gift with them. A baby changes everything. Let me read this story that's true. During the Second World War, the Allied Army was advancing through France. The Germans were making a last stand wherever they could. During a night of heavy fog, the opposing armies moved very close. Only a long green meadow and one farmhouse separated them. As dawn came, the fog lifted, the bullets and bombs began to explode, and men began to die. After some time of severe battle, the house on the green meadow was hit and began to burn. Then someone whispered, Look! It was unbelievable that there was a very small child walking across the field. As a soldier saw the child, now that, that's both sides of the soldiers, shooting began to cease. Soon it became very still. Every eye was on the baby. Suddenly, a soldier raised up from position right out into the open, grabbed the baby up in his arms, and ran back to his line. In a moment, a great cheer went up on both sides, and then the bullets began to fly. The baby brought peace just for a moment. We've had war for ages. Satan's rebelled against God. Satan has tried his best to take care of the hell that he possibly can, and he's still trying. He hasn't given up. Then baby Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Jesus will give eternal peace to all who will put their trust and faith in him. I beg you tonight and ask you tonight to unwrap God's gift and accept it from God tonight. You say, well, it's not Christmas yet. No, you don't have to wait till Christmas. As a matter of fact, you may not live till Christmas gets here. And that's just a few hours away. And so unwrap the gift now. Jesus loved you. Jesus went to the cross and died for you. Shed his blood for you. Peter called it precious blood. He shed that precious blood for you and for me. I remember as a young boy about 11 years of age down at Oak Forest Church, Brother Smith was preaching one night on Sunday night, and I don't have a clue what he said. It's been too many years ago. Maybe I didn't even know that night what he said. But I know the Spirit of God began to deal with me. I come out of that seed about halfway back and come to the altar, and, and nobody had to beg me, nobody had to force me, nobody had to pray with me. I believe the Lord saved me when I got out of my seat before I ever got to that altar. God saw I was willing to be saved, and he saved me. And I praise God for that tonight. But unwrap God's gift tonight and accept it from God right now, okay? Let's all stand if you would, and I'm gonna have a word of prayer, and I'm gonna turn the service back to the pastor. And I just want you to remember what this is all about. Christmas is all about tinsels and trees. Not about wrapping paper and gifts. It's about the Son, Jesus Christ, God's Son, who came to this world to live and to die for you and I. And I want you to remember that all day tomorrow, okay?